Welcome to the Silver Screen Podcast. I'm Jared Boomer. And I'm Katie Ganey. This is a podcast about movies and pop culture. And today we have a special episode, not reviewing a movie, but we are going to answer some of your questions. So thanks so much for listening to the show and submitting your questions. We have about 11, 12 that we're going to answer today from listeners. So thank you so much for sending those in. And they're pretty varied too. Some of them about movies, yeah. some about other stuff. So excited to talk about those coming up here in just a few minutes. And Katie, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you. I'm a little freaked out about the weather being warm outside. I don't fall for this, though. I feel like I've lived in the Midwest much too long to fall for this. But someone on Instagram today lives in California and they're like, I'm going to enjoy this 88 degree weather. And I was like, wow, (laughs) it's 42 here today. (laughs) Yeah. Like to me, I'm like, oh, it's above freezing. So it feels like it's spring. Yeah. When really it's not. But I, I never fall for it. I know better. I know until the end of basically mid-May is when yep. I think we're officially getting into warm weather. Yeah. Yep. I took the, I had to take the trash out today and I have a uh-huh. hoodie on and I was like, you know what? I don't need a coat. It's 45 <laughs> out. Let's go for it. So yeah, it's like, acted like it was a heat wave outside. So isn't that so weird <laughs> that we get so acclimated to it anyway? But I, I just thought <laughs> that was funny, but thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So excited for this good. episode and to answer questions. And we do have a little bit of news before we get started with our Q and a and that is that netflix basically announced that they're going to have a new movie coming out basically every week in 2021 now i can't guarantee you that we're going to review all those movies here on the show hopefully theaters can open back (laughs) up and things can get back to normal we'll have some some bigger blockbuster movies to go see but netflix does have a lot of big name stars and some of these movies that'll be coming out this year which you found an article with some of the highlights of ones that are going to be kind of kind of big Yes. I mean, admittedly, these are the ones I'm looking forward to, not like the world. I can't speak for everyone, but this article came from polygon.com and there were a couple that piqued my interest and then a couple we've mentioned on the podcast that we were looking forward to that they've now officially said this is coming to Netflix. So one of them is Blonde. Um, Ana de Armas is going to be the lead and it's supposed to be, she's playing Marilyn Monroe. Okay. And the reason this piqued my interest, I do love Marilyn Monroe, but, um, Joyce Carol Oates is a novelist, was a novelist, she's passed away, but she wrote the creepiest short story I've ever read in my entire life, and I've always been fascinated with her, and she was nominated for five Pulitzers, and so fantastic writer, but she wrote the novel for this, so I was excited. Another one, I hadn't heard of this, Jared, it's called Don't Look Up, but it's directed by Adam McKay. You and I seem to really like his movies. I know he did yep. The Big Short, he did Vice, right? Am I, yeah, I, yep, I, I hope sure I'm did. saying these right. Yeah. And then <laughs> the movie will star DiCaprio, one of our favorites, uh, Timothy Chalamet, my boo, Meryl Streep, and Kate Blanchett. I mean- Jeez. That's Good a stacked heavens. cast. And yeah. there, there were more people, but I named the top four I cared about. <laughs> and then the next movie is called I Care A Lot. It has Rosamund Pike and Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage is one of my all-time favorite humans and actors. So that's why I'm excited about that. And then Malcolm and Mary, I think you and I had talked about this. This I've heard a lot of buzz about for a couple months. So this isn't like yeah. new information. But John David Washington, of course, that was in Tenet. That's Denzel Washington's son. He stars in that with Zendaya, and they're saying it's really, really good. And that comes out in just a few weeks, so we yes, may I think review February. that. Yeah, beginning of February, so that may be one that we review here on the show. So keep listening because yes. I feel like that's probably going to be one that we will I, we will I talk about. So yeah, and then Red Notice. We had mentioned that in the last episode when we were talking about Wonder Woman because Gal Gadot's in it. It's her. 
Ryan Reynolds and The Rock are in that, and that's supposed to be like a fun, action-y movie. Okay, that makes sense. The Dig, this looks like one of those ones that looks depressing, but fantastic, um, <laughs> in my opinion. Like a Manchester <laughs> by the Mulligan. Sea, like just yeah, super yeah, sad, yeah, but a it, good yes. movie. <laughs> and I have no evidence to back this up except for a couple still pictures I've seen, but it's Carrie Mulligan <laughs> and Ray Fiennes, and they're both... And I, I think fantastic actors, so I don't think it could be bad, no. but I think it could be overlooked, but who knows? And then the last letter from your lover, this is based on a Jojo Moyes book, which she's incredibly popular. She wrote Me Before You, a bunch of those other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but Felicity Jones is in it. I think we know I love her from all sorts of films, but she recently was Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and she also was in The Theory of Everything. And I'm so, I didn't even know this movie was coming out, but I already put the book in my Target cart to buy it so I can read the book before <laughs> it comes out on Netflix. And then three more. So the woman in the window. This is the one I've talked about on multiple episodes. I'm so excited. I did not. I don't. If if I knew it was coming to re- to Netflix, I don't remember that I knew. Yeah, that I thought that one was coming out in the theaters. So I, I, thought, I thought we talked so about too. that. Yeah, that it was coming so to think, theaters. So I think this is a big deal that is coming to Netflix. Like this is the one that stuck out to me because I think they decided this is how we're going to have to live yeah, right now. Yep. Um, but that one's going to have Amy Adams, Gary Oldman and Julianne Moore. And if you all want to read the book before, I remember the year it came out when I read it, it was one of my favorite thrillers that year. And then things heard and seen just sounds creepy. I do think we've mentioned it in an episode, but I can't remember who we were talking about. I can't remember any of the circumstances, but I knew the title of that film before I like when I saw it I recognized it in that article okay and then lastly the third and final um in the series to all the boys movies that's coming out so it's to all the boys always and forever and I I remember we reviewed the second one and I didn't love it as much as the first one but I do think they're adorable and they're like perfect Netflix movies they're like 90 minutes they're never super serious they have some jokes in them usually decent acting yeah so they're like Different, worth a watch. You actually see some diversity. Yeah, yeah. It's like they're they're great. They are perfect for Netflix. That's where they should be. They yeah. should live there. Yep. Also, yeah. you are correct about the woman in the window. That was originally yes. supposed to come out back in 2019. I thought, um, okay. And then got delayed and then got yep. edited again. And then the theatrical release was canceled due to COVID. And now, it will, like you said, it'll come out sometime this year on Netflix. So okay. you are Jared, correct about that. I had one other question to ask you about. I did yes. not I did not warn you I was going to ask this. Have okay. you been hearing all the Army Hammer stuff this week? No, I have not. What's going on oh, with, with wow. our boy we Army? Might need to, we might need to revisit this next week. And okay. people who are listening to this episode, if you have comments, please let me know. So some people are saying that Army Ham- Hammer is a cannibal. Okay. And apparently he has a weird tattoo on his ring finger. And... Then some woman shared DMs. He had been DMing her on Instagram and said things about pouncing on her and eating her and really, really disturbing things. And then a lot of people are saying it's just like kinky stuff. Yeah. Um, either way, it sounds a little bold for me. <laughs> and I would like to say I am glad my instincts were right. I have never been a fan of Army Hammer. Something's I was just always seemed off so about him. Off. I don't... You know what? <laughs> I think it's because the first thing I saw him in was the social network. 
And, and he's I good in that, thought, but he's like very but, ag- aggressive. <laughs> but I felt like that character, he wasn't even acting. Like yeah, the minute yep. he was the the Winklevoss twins Winklevoss or whatever. Winklevoss twins, yeah. I just thought, oh, he is this person. Like I did not think there was any acting happening. And then uh, I was disturbed because Timothy Chalamet seemed to like strike up a good friendship with him. And call me by your call name. call me by your yeah. name. So I've just been... I don't know what to think, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if these things, well, I certainly hope he's not a cannibal. Um, and I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> and I don't want to jump to conclusions. I've just been very concerned about the messages and things that have been shared on the internet. And it's not like I'm going looking for them. <laughs> and uh, it's been big news this week. And then they're also saying that he had multiple, like as in a lot of affairs when he was married to Elizabeth Chambers, because they're getting divorced right now. Yeah. So that's also upsetting. And one of the people they say he might have had affairs with was Lily James. And I'm already irritated with Lily James because of her alleged affair with Dominic West. (laughs) And if anyone followed this entire conversation, I salute you because these are the kind of things... I sit and around and that, dedicate at least five minutes a day. That to has about. been the hot goss from Katie for <laughs> this week. So uh, recommends really quickly. We have no corrections. I only have one recommend. I'm reading a book right now. It was the Goodreads uh, Reader's Choice fiction book for last year for 2020. That's the okay. Midnight Libra- Library by Matt Oh my Haig. gosh. Yeah. Yes. So. It's um, only about a quarter of the way through it, but it is very good so far. So, Jared, I swear it's like either I'm following you on Goodreads and picking everything <laughs> or you're following me because that is I just added that to my list recently okay. because I've heard nothing but good things and it keeps popping up on every recommendation thing I'm like site I look at. Yeah, so it's good so far. So I had to wait uh, like, you know, 18 weeks for it to come yeah, on hold at the library. So it finally did yeah. earlier this week. So I've started to read it. And it's a short book, too. It's only like 300 pages. So not well, super long. I'm off, I'm off to a horrible start this year with my reading. Um, and <laughs> I have a stack. I took a picture of a stack of books in the order I want to read them, at least for the first few months of the year. So it's going to be a long time before I'm like buying more books to read. Yes. But... I am currently <laughs> I am currently reading The Nightingale. It is so good. Okay. It's by Kristen Hanna. Everyone and their mom has told me I need to read this book. It came out, I'm pretty sure it came out in 2015, because I looked it up today. And uh, I also have finally gotten interested and invested in The Crown. I am now in the middle or towards the end of season two. Very nice. And I laughed today because I thought basically I'm catching up on all the things people were obsessed with in 2016 <laughs> because The Crown started in 2015 or 16 and the the Nightingale book came out then and I'm slow to get to catch I, up. But I the, think you, uh, you might want to get in on the Marvel movies because I heard yeah. there's a big thing happening. <laughs> the Avengers, yeah. the, the end is coming very soon. So, you yes. know, you might want to start on those. <laughs> and the Nightingale, though, is being made. They've made it into a movie, I think, over in Europe, but they're making it into a movie here with Dakota and Elle Fanning because it's about two sisters during World War II. Okay. And... Um, I won't spoil any of it, but I bet a million people listening to this have, have not that a million people are listening, but <laughs> I'm sure everyone that's listening has already read it. I am not a Dakota fan, but I really like Elle and Elle is the, she is the nightingale. She's the lead. 
Okay, very nice. So, so I read uh, Kristen Hanna's book last year, The Great Alone, the one that's yes, set in Alaska. I remember that. And yeah. that was really good. So might have to good. check out The Nightingale because I didn't really know anything about her until I read that book. And then that right. book was like one of my favorites that I read last year. So now I'm interested in reading some other stuff by her. So Well, this one is only my second book of the year and it's probably going to be a favorite. And uh, it's, I will tell you, it's about, I think it's about 500 pages long, but I've been, okay. I've been going quite quickly through it. I just haven't had as much time to read this week because of life, yes. um, but it's excellent. And I now, I now understand the hype. I was worried I wouldn't get the hype, but we'll see how it ends. But I definitely think I'm going to read more Kristen Hanna books now. Nice. Very nice. So with that, we'll move into our, our questions and answers. Thank you to everyone who submitted questions for us to answer on this episode. They came from a couple different places, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. So thank you for following us on social media and responding and giving us some really great questions about a couple, a lot of different areas that we're going to talk about. So our first one comes to us from from Stephanie, who is one of Katie's friends from UND. This is more of a Katie question than a me question, but I do have a funny story about this, so I'll share that in a minute. But our first question is, what is your favorite role that you've had in theater? You acted in college. You did a lot of yes. plays and high school. Um, yes. So you've been in more productions than I have, but what would you say would your favorite role would be that you've ever gotten to play? Okay, so my favorite favorite ever was actually after college, after like right after college, it's it was when I lived in Savannah. So when I lived in Savannah, Georgia, I belonged to an actual theater company called the Savannah Stage Company. And they they're still around. They are fantastic. SSC, go look them up. And I played the Scarecrow in The Wizard of Oz. And I didn't get to do, I would have wanted to do much more with them, but I only lived in Savannah for a couple of years. But the Scarecrow, I loved it because I loved, first of all, that they thought a female could be Scarecrow. Mm -hmm. That was, I don't know why that had never occurred to me before, but it's genius. And I also loved that we, so they didn't have like budgets where you could, you could just do whatever you wanted. They had to be really creative. So instead of actually stuffing my outfit and stuff with hay, we would do things like you would put colored yarn and you would just put it in the front pocket because what you need more is the audience's participation and their imagination to work. It doesn't really matter, you know, how grandiose the set is. Yeah. But yep. it was genius. And the whole process from start to finish was my favorite experience I've ever had in theater. And everybody I was in theater with was they became really good friends. I'm still in touch with some of them. Um, but my friend Lexi, she she was one of my closest friends when I lived there and she is still there and was primarily, I mean, I just kind of looked up to her, but she is about to be and they're going to do Alice in Wonderland. They're going to do like a live streaming one so you can watch it since obviously you can't do a lot of performances right now. But that's my absolute favorite. And then I did want to say my favorite role in college because Stephanie did go to college with me was in, it was called Five Women Wearing the Same Dress. Okay quite a wordy title and you and uh, always I did some some interesting plays though oh yeah so. <laughs> yeah and my my best friend and roommate chelsea was in the play with me and there were five of us and we were all bridesmaids in this nice. play and there was one one gentleman in it so i love that it was like female d dominated Driven. but also yeah, yep. <laughs> i swore like a sailor and was drunk the entire play and it was the most fun i think i've ever had because it was the opposite of what I'm like in real life. Yes. And I was nervous because my parents were coming. I also had to be like very promiscuous, which you didn't really see me do anything, but I certainly talked about it. <laughs> and 
I remember I almost thought I was going to throw up because my parents were coming and the first line had the F word in it. Like the very first few words out of my mouth had the F word and it was said like 200 times or something in the play. But that was, I thought, very challenging and I love playing opposite of what I'm like in real life. <laughs> nice. So my uh, my favorite role in theater, I did not, I was not in, uh, in very many productions at all, but I will remember one time I was in our homeschool co-op group and we were doing this mm. production of like, there was different fairy tales or something. I don't know, something popped up or whatever, but my sister was in it. So like sometimes I would have to go to the rehearsals and, you know, just sit there or whatever. Well, the yeah. night of the play comes and the guy, the kid that's supposed to play Johnny Appleseed is sick. Like he will not be performing because he's oh, got no. like, a, he had like the stomach flu or something. It was something bad. So anyway, I'm there and they're like, they asked me, they're like, well, would you do it? Like I'm maybe, I don't know how old I am at this point. Like maybe 12, 10, something like that. I can't remember. But anyway, they're like, well, would you do it? So like, it's like an hour before this thing starts. And I'm like looking over this script, trying to like think of, you know, remember my lines that I have. And then like the, the director was like on the side of the stage, basically just like telling me what line to say. And then I'd run out there and then, you know, come back until the next scene or whatever. So that was like my only acting experience, which I don't think is normally how it goes. But, uh, <laughs> That was no. very odd. So uh, it was like a fever dream happening all at once, like just wow. getting thrown into it. So, yeah. Well, good job. So, our next question comes from my cousin, Melissa, who is also a twin, by the way. She asked, if you could play any role in any film, what would it be? Jared, go ahead. This is a tough tough question a good question as well um yeah but i think i'm gonna have to go with i've i've said before that my favorite movie is inception so i think it's only fitting that i would want to probably play the role of either leonardo dicaprio in that movie or joseph gordon levitt um i think leo though just because he's the he's the star so but that yes. movie is just so so cool and so interesting and a lot of things are happening in it um and it's very like innovative and i love christopher nolan so i would like be thrilled to work with christopher nolan so i that would probably be the role that i would that i would go to so like i, I think Excellent. it'd be cool to be in an action a big budget action movie too i think that would be neat oh for so. sure Mine, mine is a tie between I really want to do like gritty, basically what I was talking about in that one play, I would like to be like a woman that's um, very, very direct, probably profane, kind of different than I am in real life. Depends like on the Amy situation. Like Amy Adams in The Fighter, basically? I was thinking Amy Adams. My first thought, though, was Aaron Brockovich. I okay. love that role. I think it is such a juicy role. I love the way she dresses. Everything. She just, there was no apology for who she was in that movie. And Julia Roberts, I don't even think I could do it better than her, but I love that role. And the other one would be, I would love to be in a musical. And of course, the very first one I would pick would be La La Land because yes. I love singing in the rain and an American in Paris is my all time favorite musical, but I think La La Land is just so modern and of the moment. And that's the role I would want the most. Nice. So our next question comes to us from Tyler, who is one of Katie's friends and also her improv instructor. So shout out to Tyler. Tyler said, what's the first film you saw in a cinema and what was the experience like? So going back to our childhood, what was the first movie that you can remember that you saw in, in a movie theater? Okay. So I do sincerely think I remember this. I'm pretty sure my mom's told me too that it was Beauty and the Beast. So I would have been five. Okay. Six, five or six, right around there. And I do remember 
in my mind, being out in the parking lot. I don't remember sitting there or anything, but from what I've heard, I was just enamored. Like I could not look away. I could not stop talking about it. It became an obsession that lives on to this day. Um, <laughs> but I do, I do think it was Beauty and the Beast. I was trying to even think, is there anything that came out before that they would have taken us to? Um, and I'm trying to remember that I do get confused about timelines between Aladdin, Lion King, yeah. all of those. But I I'm think- pretty sure Beauty and the Beast was first. I believe you are correct. Um, yeah, Beauty and the Beast was 1991. And then Lion yes. King was like 90. 90- oh, so I was four for sure. Okay, Lion King was 1994. Um, and then okay. Aladdin was 1992. So you probably saw Beauty and the Beast, then Aladdin, yeah. then Lion King. So I know that Sean and I were <laughs> And Little equally- Mermaid is somewhere in there too. <laughs> yeah, that one didn't. I mean, I liked it. I remember I liked it as a kid, but it doesn't live on in my memory. Um, yeah. But yes, Beauty and the Beast. I remember being obsessed with that movie, and I remember experiences involving that afterwards. Um, but what about you? Uh, mine would also be another Disney Pixar movie, at least the first one that I can remember. And that's us going to see Toy Story 2. So it came out in 1999. (laughs) I would have been same thing, five or six probably. Um, And this is the first one that I remember going to because I remember we had Disney Channel and they would like run ads for it all all day long. So I was super excited to go see it. And I had seen the first Toy Story, not in Uh theaters, but my parents had gotten it for me on VHS, throwback. Uh, And I watched it like all the time. So I was very excited to go see Toy Story 2. And that's kind of the first time that I remember going to the theater. And same with you. I don't really remember much about the movie but more of like how big the movie theater was especially like when you're a kid everything is just like bigger um and like getting some snacks and stuff and it was like it was it was fun so i still love going to the movies so i'm sad that it hasn't happened due to covid in quite a while me too one thing i definitely miss is going going to the theater so yeah good question tyler sometime i'm gonna have to ask him what his first movie was yes yes And our next question comes from my friend Elise. So Elise is also just as, if not more, I would say just as obsessed with books as I am. (laughs) She's quite famous on books on Instagram. She's a bookstagrammer. Okay. She asks, what's your favorite podcast episode you've done so far? Hmm. Another difficult one to try and answer. Um, Oh, this one's easy for me. Oh, is it? Okay. Yes. Uh, one for me that I think was was really fun that wasn't necessarily yes. a good movie, but I thought we had a lot of fun on it was the Cats episode. Um, oh, we were, good point. <laughs> Cats we were comes just, up later in these questions. We for were me. just both uh, kind of like, okay, we'll talk about it. We, we didn't take it super seriously. It wasn't a good movie, but we just both had a lot of fun with it. So I think the Cats episode is definitely one of my one of my favorites. Also the the Harriet episode we did was really good as well because that's a yes. movie that both surprised us um, and we didn't know how good it was going to be and we both really enjoyed it. So I think though those two are ones that stick out to me in terms of being really fun. And our first episode was also a lot of fun. It's not a very good episode. I wouldn't advise you go back and listen to it. We've improved <laughs> a lot don't. since then. But just yeah. the idea that we were starting this <laughs> podcast and we wanted to do this and talk about movies. I mean, there's some there's some significance there. So what about you? I okay now I feel bad because I thought I, those were really thoughtful answers and you're right I do okay cats I remember just laughing a lot because we were like this is the worst film ever made what a waste of time um, I was gonna say when we've had guests because we've interviewed John and then we've also interviewed my brother Sean 
Sean, yes. John. And um, I remember we laughed a lot during the Big Lebowski episode with Sean. And I also liked it because you hadn't seen it before. So I enjoyed, yes. I've enjoyed any movie we've done where it's your first reaction to it. Um, because I've been surprised by the ones you haven't seen, like Die Hard and stuff. So I enjoyed that. And I also love Sean so much. So that was just fun to be with him and hear his thoughts on a movie he is excited about. And then I enjoyed Contagion. I think I more enjoyed what happened. Well, I didn't enjoy what happened after Contagion. I felt like we were on the cutting edge. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad we had a guest episode before COVID. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad we covered this movie that led into the beginning of COVID that like directly correlates with COVID. It was just such a timely episode. And John is really knowledgeable and great at podcasting. So it was good to hear from someone who actually knows and studies science, but who also is good at interacting on a podcast. Yes. So, uh, yeah, those were some definitely fun episodes. We've done a lot of fun ones over the over the course of this podcast. So next up, uh, this question comes to us from Micah, another one of Katie's friends who said, what is your all time least favorite movie or the movie most snubbed by the Oscars? Ooh. <laughs> what okay. do you think? I, I have a bunch of movies I just do not like. Um, I think the one Jared knows I talk about the most, the one that makes me angry is A Clockwork Orange. Yes. Um, last time Jared and I, after we recorded, we were talking about this. I seem to not be okay with Stanley Kubrick. I am not down with him. I am not saying people screaming at their cars right now while I'm saying this. I'm not saying he's not a talented director. I don't like his films. Um, because I also didn't care for 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um, I... Know that when I watched the AFI list of the top 100, which it does change, but the year I watched it, my least favorite films were A Clockwork Orange, Deliverance. I hate <laughs> the movie Deliverance. My dad thinks it's the funniest. He loves to play the banjo music for me all the time. <laughs> and it takes place in uh, Georgia. Uh, so he used to make fun of that when I was living there. I did not like Platoon. I did not like uh, Apocalypse Now. I really don't like movies with like, uh, masochistic people or men that are just like hyped up on testosterone and drugs and war. I don't like yeah. it. I don't like, um, uh, I like gangster films though. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know I, what that says. I, so I would say for me, I don't like with apocalypse apocalypse. Now that reminded me, I don't like movies where there's basically like no plot and just like, it just kind of yeah. goes along and nothing really like advances the story or whatever. Like boyhood. I know a lot of people love boyhood. It's a really cool, innovative movie making oh, technique like that, that Richard Linklater used. But for me, boyhood just, just bored me because it was just okay. watching, watching a, a kid grow grow up basically so yeah like that think, didn't interest me at, at very much so i think you brought up another the i know that one oh crud there was i also did not like midnight cowboy okay and i did not like easy rider easy rider i think a lot of those movies about vietnam war or the 70s were more because i don't relate to them because i did not live through those times i didn't live through the vietnam war i understand it was a bad time I fully respect anyone who fought in that war. I'm just like, I don't like it. Also police action, yes. not a war. We learned this in high school. <laughs> and then I also of the best movies of all time, what we consider to be the best. I am not a huge fan of citizen Kane. So yeah, that either. came up in our mank episode, but yeah. I, I don't really like it. That was kind of like a one and done. I'm never going to watch it again. Movie. I again, respect what Orson Welles did. I also know that, I probably shouldn't be this way, but I have a hard time liking movies that involve actors I don't respect in real life or directors I don't respect. So like Orson Welles, I don't respect 
as a person, like the way he lived his life. Um, so it's hard for me to watch that movie and kind of separate the man from the movie, which is bad. I know that's not positive for me to do. Yeah. And then f- for real quick for biggest Oscar snub. Yeah. I would say, well, it, it took this person a while to win an Oscar. And that's Leo. That was the big thing until a couple years ago was that um, Leo hasn't mm-hmm. won an Oscar. Leo hasn't won an Oscar. Why hasn't he won an Oscar? He won one for the Revenant back in 2016. But I think that just taking so long for that to happen. And the, a lot of people would say the Revenant is not even his best role that he's done. It's, um, it was no. just kind of like a pity Oscar, basically. So, because um, he hadn't won one in so in forever, never. So, I think that would yeah. be a big snub for me. Is that like t- it took Leo that long to to win an Oscar? So, for me, the snub, the snub that immediately came to mind that makes me the most upset was Forrest Gump winning over Shawshank Redemption for Best Picture. That will yeah. always <laughs> trigger me to no end. <laughs> I just, I mean. I don't have to justify it. People know my love for t- this is practically the Tom Hanks club. Like I run it, but yeah, I Forrest Gump does not, president. did not touch my soul <laughs> the same way. And Shawshank Redemption is a masterpiece to me. And I absolutely think it was the superior film. That's that's Katie's opinion. So yeah. <laughs> sorry, not the please, please come back next week. Uh, yeah. Next question is from Haley, another one of Katie's friends. Uh, when said, you say this, it sounds like you have no friends. You know a lot of these people. I, I know. Put, like, I, I know half these people. Say... <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry. I met Haley. Haley. She's very nice. Uh, <laughs> any upcoming movies slash shows you look forward to watching this year? I will say I am not trying to like shirk this question, but I think the ones I mentioned at the very beginning of the episode are probably the ones I'm most looking forward to. Other than that, though, I saw I mentioned in one of our episodes, we were talking about Glenn Close and Hillbilly Elegy. Um, That episode, she is going to be in a remake of Sunset Boulevard. I am highly anticipating that, but I don't know when it's going to come out, especially because of COVID. Um, but that's one remake I'm actually excited about. As far as shows, I unfortunately don't really know a lot of shows yeah, that are shows coming out. Shows are weird because they don't they don't really get announced as early as movies do, so you don't really yeah. find out about them until like a month or so before they before they air. So yeah. I would say me for anticipated movies, um, I do want to see. It's supposed to come out this year. The new Space Jam with LeBron James. Oh, um, of course. I think that would be very interesting. So hopefully that gets to come out. Um, I definitely am interested in seeing the uh, new Fast and Furious movie that's supposed to be out this year. <laughs> Shout out to all our Fast and Furious fans that listen to the show. <laughs> um, and then also one movie that I know you and I were both really excited for last year that never came out is the new James Bond movie. James no Time Bond. To Die. Yeah. <laughs> Come out. I did. I would like to say this specifically for Haley. I am very eager for them to air the next season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> it is... <laughs> And New York, because I have to wait until they come to Hulu. Haley was the person that introduced me to Real Housewives. Those are the only those are now the only two cities I will watch. Um, So I can't wait for those to come back onto Hulu. Shout out to (laughs) Haley. (laughs) And we will take a quick break right now here on the show. And then we will come back and answer some more of your questions here on the Silver Screen Podcast. And we're back here on the Silver Screen Podcast answering your questions on this episode. And uh, Katie, next up, we have a question from your friend Jeff, who does listen to the show quite a lot. Yes, Jeff is wonderful and always engages with us on social media, and I greatly appreciate it. So Jeff said, I think everyone has a movie they love in spite of the fact that it has nothing 
but bad reviews and didn't make any money. What is your favorite box office bomb? I will tell you one of mine. I had to. Th- this is the question maybe I had to think about the most. Me and, too. Uh, it's a movie that I do own and I've watched a couple times. And that did you ever see? This came out in two thousand nine. The Soloist with Robert Downey Jr. and Jamie Foxx. No, but I know the movie you're talking about. So this movie was, uh, I saw it in theaters and I really enjoyed it and then got it on DVD. Um, but on uh-huh. Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a it's got a 57. So not oh, great, wow. not horrible, but not great. It was also a $60 million budget and they only made $38 million at the box oh, office. So no. kind of a big box office bomb. Um, but if you don't know, Robert Downey Jr. plays a, a newspaper columnist and basically he meets Jamie Foxx, who is a musician, and the two of them just like connect and really have this cool friendship throughout the movie. I really think it's a good movie, and I'm just surprised that a movie with Jamie Foxx and Robert Downey Jr. didn't do better because they're like yes. huge, huge stars. So now Robert Downey Jr. in 2009 hadn't done a, too many Iron Man movies at that point, wasn't you know in all the Marvel movies, so I would say he's definitely more popular now, but this is one that I saw, and I was like, this is pretty good, and yeah. nobody else shared my shared my opinion on that (laughs) well maybe i need to watch it i so i hope jeff doesn't mind that i i kind of answered this in two different ways so as far as box office bombs i don't know that these were bombs but the two i think of that are two of my favorite movies that did not do well in theaters was it's a wonderful life and the shawshank redemption those didn't do well at the time but they're obviously like people love them now I I would say, though, I loved the first half of the question when he was talking about, like, it has nothing but bad reviews because there are movies I'm ashamed to love that I love. So one of them is, like, <laughs> the first Sex in the City movie. <laughs> Some people are like, we didn't... I don't like the other two. I will say that. But the first one, I just... I love it. I'm not going to get rid of that DVD. I love it. I watch it regularly. Another movie, I'm ashamed, ashamed, as a strong woman, that I love the 50 shades movies. I love them. I love them so much. They are complete crap, but I love Dakota Johnson so much. And they're both beautiful. It's like, you're just watching a movie with two beautiful people. What could be wrong? Yeah. And, but I'm ashamed of it. And now I've admitted it publicly on the air. So great. And then the other one, I kept thinking of things like any kind of, I unfortunately think a lot of chick flicks are very overlooked. I don't yeah. even like calling them chick flicks, but I thought of the movie um, Catch and Release. I, it's a movie with <laughs> Jennifer Garner I've and Timothy Oliphant like way before he was famous. And it's a darling movie and it's not great. It's it's kind of like, I don't know, It's but it's one of those movies that I just watch sometimes when I'm feeling down. I can't explain it. But I hope that was a good answer to the question. There's there's our there's our box office bobs. Uh, <laughs> next up, we have a question from Sean, Katie's twin, her her roommate, as she likes to call him. Uh, friend of both of us, fan of the pod. He's been on an episode before, the mm-hmm. Big Lebowski episode that we mentioned earlier in the show. But he said uh, he's got some some deep questions to answer, really which, good I, questions. which I appreciate. He's got he, the next, the next four all. lined up are from Sean. So just get yes. ready. Uh, yeah. He said, what's been your experience with people's reactions to your reaction? Like people who hated movies that you rated poorly, <laughs> but also when people agreed with you or anything else. Okay. So I, the only one I remember where I upset people was Halloween because I did not love the movie Halloween. And my friend Carrie, I remember she was like, that is one of my favorite movies of all time. How could you not like it? I remember my dad being kind of distraught that I didn't appreciate the movie for what it was. And I was like, dad, this is not what 
serial rapists and killers are like. This is just weird. So I, I feel bad about that reaction. Um, so I guess, Sean, the, the, what I experienced was shame. I felt uh, shame <laughs> for not understanding the film in the way other people did. And then I would say the movie lately, we've been getting a lot more reactions. And I don't know if it's because of how I'm putting different things on social media or what, but I definitely think the one we've had the most reaction to was soul people. Mm -hmm. I can't even tell you how many people were like, this was the best movie I saw this year, or I love this movie. Multiple people told me this is their favorite Pixar movie they've ever seen. So when, when people react in general to anything I'm putting out about the podcast, I get excited, whether it's good or bad. Um, and it's usually good, but when people enjoy the movie we're rating, it gives me a good idea of like what other films we should review. And it also makes me happy that we shared in that joy together, which is what good art does. Yes, I would. I would agree with you. I don't really, um, care if, you know, I give an opinion on something and then other people's <laughs> opinions is it, they don't like it or I like something and they didn't like it. Um, because I think everybody's different. Everybody likes different types of movies and different entertainment. That's why there's so much entertainment out there now um, with all kinds of different genres and types of shows and movies and things like that. So um, I don't think it affects me too much. It is interesting like you said, if we either like a movie that not a lot of other people like, or if we dislike a movie that is like a lot of people love, like the Halloween thing. So, or like Citizen Kane, we don't like Citizen Kane. So stuff yeah. like that, you know, is kind of its ways. But I feel like a lot of the movies we do, once we see them, we try not to look, I will say too, we try not to look at like the Rotten Tomatoes uh, IMDb yeah. scores before we watch it, just so we can form our own opinion and not be swayed by that. Yep. Um, but, you know, most of the time, once the movie's over i'll like you know look that up and be like yeah i think this is pretty much in line with what i would rate this so yes yeah so sean's next question is it's your thoughts on podcasting for people who would think about starting their own podcast Nice. I would say um, if you're thinking of starting your own podcast, one, just pick a topic that you are very passionate about, um, either by yourself or with maybe one or two other people. I think if you get five or six people, it gets kind of hard. Voices are talking over each other and it's just difficult to know who's who's saying what. Um, mm -hmm. But if you have a small group of friends and you are like, I really want to talk about video games or I really want to talk about cooking or, you know, the stock market or whatever it might be. As long as you're passionate about it, I think that's, that's a really important thing. Um, and then also have a plan when you do your episodes. I mean, we have a rundown for every episode that we do yep. that Katie puts together that basically keeps us on track of what we're going to talk about and when we're going to talk about things and stuff like that. So I think that would be another thing, have some structure because I've heard a lot of podcasts where people are passionate about something, but they don't really have a structure and follow a plan. And and then it kind of just goes all over the place and it's like a four hour podcast episode and they didn't talk about really anything. So <laughs> yeah. that would be another thing. And then just do some research too. And like terms of what might be a good microphone to buy, if you want to get some editing software, you know, you'll need a, you'll need a host to host your podcast. We use anchor, but there's other ones out there as well. Um, and things like that. I would say if you want to get started, it would probably cost you about, $150 probably between a microphone, mm -hmm. the at maybe some editing software, some cheaper editing software, and then like a hosting service, probably all that stuff would come out to about that price. So yep. that's about the investment you're looking at. And then just kind of plan it out in your head of, okay, what type of podcast do I want to do? What do I want to talk about? And then try to be consistent too. I mean, we try to do an episode every week when we, you know, if we can help it, you know, which we usually yeah. are pretty good about. So you got to stick with it and, and really just kind of keep cranking out the, the content. So yeah, I would say 
the passion thing is extremely important. And then I think what's helped us is that Jared and I have a very good, I think, division of assets. Like Jared's really good at editing and he has just a different, uh, different abilities than I do. And I like doing the notes and the research and stuff. And I feel like I've got a rhythm for that too. Um, Jared always sends out the links. I mean, there's just like a really good, we each have our jobs and we each, um, are reliable. Like we can always depend on the other one to be there. And then I also think it helps if you, if you're thinking about doing this with a friend, I do think it's helped that we are different genders. Like I don't Mm -hmm. think that's super important, but I think that that's made it more interesting because Jared and I are slightly different in age. And also we just have different opinions and we have very different personalities. Like we care about the same things, but we, we react to things differently. So I think that that's made the show more interesting. And I would say if you're in this for money, I can't give you a lot of advice. Um, we haven't made a lot of money from doing this and we don't have thousands of listeners, but I will say I was very surprised by how many we do have. Um, we have like a dedicated fan base, which is nice. Yeah. So and thanks we were to surprised, you, the listeners. Oh, thank you. Yes, for sure. <laughs> and we were surprised too where people listen because you can see what states and things like that countries. And it's I- I'm surprised by where our listenership is. Um, and I would just say too, if you just want to do it for something fun and you don't care, there's not an end game of money. This is a good thing to get into because this has brought so much joy to me during this COVID year because I've had something to look forward to every week. It's kept me engaged with art that I love, which is filmmaking. And I've been able to visit with Jared every single week and it's become fun. It's not a chore. Yeah. So I I would definitely agree with you on all that stuff and kind of the same thing you said. So we've got another question from Sean here. This is a really, this is a good one, I think. He said, where do you think the movie industry is headed? And I mean this in any sense you want. Technology, viewing experience, subject, big budget versus small budget, fewer blockbusters versus more small films, movies, shows, boring the line. He said, how do you think Mm -hmm. it'll change in the long run thanks to COVID? Um, One temporary thing is theaters renting out an entire screen. So they make some small bit of money and go on without worrying about exposure to strangers and also because of new technology. So um, I would say I think that we'll still see the big blockbuster movies. I think those are like the the movies that get people to the movie theaters. So I don't think those are going away anytime soon, especially with just the success of all the, uh, the movies that you've seen that are big budget movies. Um, and I would also say in terms of like genre, I don't really know. It seems like the superhero yeah. movies are real popular right now. The action movies. Um, mm-hmm. But then every once in a while you'll get something like we mentioned, like a La La Land or something like that. That is real. Like who does musicals now? Nowadays, you know what I mean? But that was a very popular one that did super well at the Oscars. Yes. So like those movies do come along every once in a while that kind of break the break the norm. So and I think the smaller movies too might we might see kind of what's happening now with COVID is where a lot more of those go to like streaming or Netflix or you know, you pay fifteen bucks to watch it at home or something instead of being released in the theaters. And I could see the theaters being more of just like for the big budget uh, you know, Marvel movies, James Bond, Fast and Furious. Mission Impossible thing, things like that. What do you think? I, Sean, this is such a good question. Thank you. And Jared, I loved your answer. I, okay. I definitely think they're going to keep going with the big blockbuster superhero films. I'm kind of tired of them, but I understand they make money, whatever. I wonder if they're going to keep, if they're going to separate what movies go where. So for instance, I think there is still a huge audience and I'm included in that, that wants romantic comedies. And Mm -hmm. I think that a niche that they have found is Netflix, like streaming. Those movies kill, those TV shows kill. If there is like a romantic comedy element, that is 
that is like the number one thing on Netflix for I don't even know how long. Like shows like Virgin River, movies like uh, uh, To All the Boys I've Loved Before. People are loving those and they're perfect for Netflix. Um, Things like big budget films, like the Marvel movies and things, I think those are going to stay in theaters. Um, I do think they're going to also find a way. I'm wondering if they're going to make things like festivals like Telluride and Sundance and stuff available to stream because I almost think they're going to have to do that, but I think they can make money doing it and it will expose people to these more independent films. But honestly, I don't have a much better answer than that, but I love that you're even wondering about stuff like that because I think we are going to see a lot of change because of COVID. I would say one more thing with that, and then we'll move on to our last question, is that it was weird. I don't know if you thought this, but when I watched Wonder Woman 1984 at home, Uh it was just weird to see a big budget action movie on my TV for the first time that I was watching it. So like, I don't think, like you said, I don't think we're going to lose that experience in the theater anytime soon. But some of these Netflix movies and things that we've watched, I'm like, this works perfectly fine on my 40-inch TV as it would have in a movie theater. So it really just depends on the movie and, and the format and stuff like that. So Yes, Yes. And our last question comes from Arjun. He is my fiance, of course, but also (laughs) friend of Jared and friend of the pod. Arjun asked us, I loved this question. He asked if there was anything, I'm doing this not verbatim because I remember him. I was like, hey, what's a question? He asked if we notice a difference ever in the types of movies we like and also if there's a difference in the movies we like or how we respond to movies because of our age difference because you and I are five years apart. Yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely think we see it sometimes. Yeah, I would say I'm definitely more into the science fiction type movies, space movies, things like that. Those are really interesting to me. Katie likes those, but she doesn't love them, um, I would say. And then um, in terms of age difference, I would say if a movie is set in a different time period sometimes that is a little bit different with our ages like if it's set in the 80s or the 70s or something like that it seems like you just can relate maybe a little bit more to those even though you didn't really live in that much of the 80s and not the 70s Mm -hmm. but I think just because I'm a little bit younger those just don't connect as much with me so I would say those type of things the decades it's set in and then the genre again I like more science fiction type stuff I also like thriller movies I feel like we both kind of like those two I love thriller Um, I love a good thriller which they don't really make a ton of great thrillers nowadays which is kind of a bummer the 90s that was like the sweet spot for the thrillers so what what about you I, I do notice a difference. I don't notice it all the time. I've noticed it too. Like when we talk about Toy Story and stuff, I remember some of these things right when they came out and seeing them in theaters. And I've just noticed some of the stuff you saw later because you were younger. So mm-hmm. like it had to be appropriate at the time. I've, I definitely agree with you. We like different types of movies. I like tearjerkers, dramas, legal thrillers, anything that's like going to tug at your heartstrings. Hopefully <laughs> romantic it ends comedies. Out, yeah. Romantic comedies. Hopefully <laughs> it ends up in like a happy place, but if it doesn't, I'm still like, that was brilliant. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not super interested in space. Some of them are great, but most of them kind of fall flat for me. And I'm definitely, I, I don't hate sci-fi. I don't understand sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, But I, so I guess to answer the question, yes, I see a difference, but I don't notice it all the time. But again, I think that adds to the depth of our conversations and it makes them more interesting because we find ways to relate to each other. 
And I would say if a, if a movie is good, no matter what the genre, then we uh-huh. then we usually both enjoy it. So agreed, if it's agreed. a good romantic comedy, then I can even enjoy that. If it's a if it's a subpar romantic comedy or if it's a subpar science fiction movie, that's yeah. kind of where our opinions start to differ a little bit more because of just the quality of the movie and the types of movies that we like. So yes. Cool. Well, that's all of our questions for this episode. Thank you to everyone that submitted questions. That was a really interesting discussion, I think. Some good, varied answers on a lot of different things. So Absolutely. definitely appreciate all those questions coming in. And you can always follow the Silver Screen Podcast on social media at Podcast Silver on Twitter and Instagram. And then also just search the Silver Screen Podcast on Facebook. You can find us there. And next week on the show, we are going to be reviewing a movie that is coming to Amazon Prime, directed by Regina King. That is one night in Miami. So this is a this is a meeting about a fictionalized uh, movie about a fictionalized meeting of Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown, and Sam Cooke in a Miami hotel room in the '60s. So it's getting great reviews so far. Um, so I'm very interested to check this movie out and uh, and see how it is. Me too. I'm extremely excited. It was an excellent pick, Jared. So that'll be our next episode of the Silver Screen Podcast. Until next time, we'd like to thank the Academy.